Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Ashley. I uh, just wanted to do a quick warning ahead of time. We talk about something that happened to me at New York Comic Con. I use the term assault. Essentially, some shit went down and we're going to bring it up, but it comes way late into the thing and it comes out of nowhere. So I just wanted to prep you for that. That said, we also, while trying to talk about trans issues, because Emmanuel is a wonderful cis ally, but is sometimes has a hard time figuring out exactly how to state the thing that he needs to state as far as trans issues. There's a little bit of what I will call cis stumbling, and to me it is charming and cute and funny because Emmanuel is an amazing person and has been an amazing friend to me. But for, for those of you who maybe don't know Emmanuel, it might come off a little strange, so I wanted you to know that ahead of time so that you could prepare uh, for listening to this. Without further ado, here is my good friend Emmanuel and I chatting about two months ago. I want to say. <laughs> is it transphobic? We'll be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Is It Transphobic podcast. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers, and I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. And today I'm being joined by... My name's Emmanuel Ortiz. I am the founder of Nerd Caliber. I use he, him pronouns. And thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast. Absolutely. So, Emmanuel, we, we've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people, including trans, non-binary artists, as well as cis allies. What what brings you here? Like, what, what, tell me a little bit about Nerd Caliber. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Wow, I asked you everything all at once. <laughs> what is wrong with me? That's that is like the worst thing to ask. So tell me everything about you. What makes you you? <laughs> well, um, Nerd Caliber is a nerd lifestyle magazine. That's why I've always called it. It's pretty much an, an umbrella term that I created so that pretty much I could just do whatever I really want. That that's what I what, but I what I the idea of is that we do feature cosplay. Uh, we talk about nerd fashion, but I, I we try to every once in a while to talk about social issues and in, in, in pop culture, and then we talk about like other things. We review things and we kind of try to look at a look at it at a critical lens at at points. You know, from you know everything from movies, TV, and so forth. I started it about a little over ten years ago because at the time I didn't see any good representation of what I thought should be out there from media. You know, I just kept seeing the same things over and over again. So I, I wanted to do interviews in a way that, that I'd never seen really done. I, I want to ask, I always want to ask really introspective, uh, deep questions. And I feel like no one, there wasn't too much of that. Also, I didn't see too many people of color really out there at the time when, especially when, when cosplay was becoming big, I was showing pretty much a lot of like, you know, mostly like uh, white people. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, mostly, mostly, yeah. And I was like, okay, there's this more out there. And I, same thing with artists, same thing with comic book writers. In the beginning, we, I try to look for like um, POC uh, comic book writers and artists and, and try to interview, interview them. Same thing with photographers. In the beginning, that worked with us. I try to find people of color that took photography that did photography at conventions and I wanted to work with them and so forth. The, 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 
There, the reason why, another reason why I didn't know Cal was because I had a really bad experience. At the time, I was I was doing freelance work and volunteering work for at the at the time there were little there were different comic book museums trying to trying to become the comic book museum, and then I think Mocha eventually became became that at the end. But before that happened, I remember there was different ones, and there was I, I volunteered at different ones just so because at the time I had this dream of becoming a comic book writer, and I wanted to get to know people. And I remember once, and this was at a time where I was getting a lot of like graphic design work to do and and that was that was great i got to meet like mike mcnola the creator of hellboy you know that was a great experience uh, embarrassing experience but a great experience embarrassing how <laughs> if you don't mind me asking well I, I told someone like well like i really like this this this, art, this writer's work and it was a it was a hellboy it was when hellboy the first movie came out right right before it came out and i was like oh i'm so excited about it and we, i was at the like a party uh, like a like a what you call those parties like oh okay like a premiere party you know and i was there and i was doing my networking thing and then i was telling someone i was actually telling who eventually became president of mocha later on but he was a real nice guy and he i told him oh i would love to meet mac mandola i'm such a big fan of his and then i disappear for five minutes whatever you know i, I mingle and then he comes back to me and says, it taps my shoulder like hey here's mac mandola and i'm like i'm not <laughs> prepared try not to freak out <laughs> that was that was you should have sent mind. me a text saying yeah. i'm coming back with mike mcnola <laughs> it, it was weird I'm like um uh, hey I, I i like your work oh thank you thank you i love that that thing we did with marvel comics too with dr strange and dr doom and like oh yeah yeah i didn't really write that i just drew that oh, oh okay oh, no. well, well oh, thank you thank you i like your movies yeah oh that was oh but i got that t-shirt afterwards so that was cool oh <laughs> like it's very much that uh, the the chris farley like interview type of situation like hey you remember when you did that that was cool. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely been there. Uh, for those that don't know, also, I just, and also just to state it out there, I've worked with Nerd Caliber for quite some time. I've been an on-air talent with Nerd Caliber. I'm still an on-air talent with Nerd Caliber, actually. I've finally get, gotten back into the, the Nerd Caliber podcasting stuff. But uh, yeah, like, I've, I've definitely been there, too. I've tried to, I've, for me, though, especially for me, I've tried to make jokes, and they have not landed. <laughs> And that is the worst, especially when you front load an interview with a joke and it doesn't land because that interview is dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I give props to comedians that go out there and do stand up and then uh, it falls flat how they how they pick themselves afterwards. That's that, that's mm-hmm. always to me the most interesting thing, because that's something I want to learn whenever because I'm always in those situations where it's always awkward. I'm like, OK, I need to bounce out of this. How do I do it? And I'm trying to find like my memory is going through like a backlog of, of info like okay which this scenario let me say this scenario to get out of it and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> i will say generally and this is like obviously like this is not always the case but generally an audience wants you to succeed because they want to be entertained by you so like an interview subject will also want you to succeed so if you like flat out fail on your in your intro or your first thing they still want you to succeed. So even if you're just like, all right, nope, well, let's figure out how we're going to do this. And the answer is by just pushing forward because they do like that. And again, there are exceptions to that, (laughs) but generally the audience wants you to succeed. Yeah. So, so going back to the comic book museum stuff, there was another party I went to. Now this was, this changed everything. It was a different party, different people. And I was, I was mingling and the one who was in charge of that, who later, later on became an editor 
at Marvel Comics years later. But at the time, he was like me, kind of networking, but he was in charge of this group. And he taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, can I talk to you outside for a second? I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. And I figure he's going to talk about to me about a project or something like that. He says, hey, are you white? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> I was surprised by that. Go on. <laughs> uh, I was, I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, 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 like what? And I was like, yeah, sorry. I just wanted, I was just curious. Are, are, are you, you look white. Are, are you white or, or maybe Jewish? And I was like, and I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, I, I grew up in the Bronx and, and everything. I, I was say, I don't know. It was like, and then after, after I said that, he, he nodded. He said, oh, okay, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. And when I went back to the party, the vibe for me kind of changed. And I noticed afterwards that instead of like getting like, at people asking me like, "Hey, you want to do graphic design stuff for us and and writing stuff like that? You know, some freelance stuff." To like, "Hey, after the party, we need some some people to help out cleaning dishes and and wiping the floors afterwards. Would you like helping us out and volunteering for that?" And I was like, "No," <laughs> so I yeah. stopped. I stopped volunteering with them, and it was stuff like that. Like I realized, like, okay, I that's when my moral comic stream died. I was like, forget it. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved if it's, if it's, if it's like that, you know? So that's sort of the stuff that helped me frame Nerd Caliber when I want to, just to be clear, the, and this organization was not necessarily associated with Marvel comics, but it's just the, the industry in general that sort of killed it. Or was it, I just, because I wasn't really sure. It was just the, like, I, 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 it's all like open my eyes a little bit. Like I've noticed that Mm. after a certain point that, of freelancing and me trying networking it was just if unless i knew the right people you know mm-hmm. i was like all right forget it it was just it i, I just felt that it, i i just wasn't white enough <laughs> to, yeah. to to be there you know and it's so like like once have you noticed something like like you ever heard like you ever hear a new word and then once you hear that new word you hear it everywhere suddenly yes. that's sort of like racism i guess for me like, like sometimes i have a hard time picking it up when i'm at a place but once i, I it happens once i look at i think of everything i've been through all my work and what i'm trying to accomplish like oh wow this is it's gonna be more difficult than i thought i i just i didn't care that much to fight for it you know so i was mm-hmm. like uh you know it's it's just wasn't for me i and also at that point too i realized that if you want to be a, a writer and an artist it's good to just work on your own you don't want to work for marvel or dc because they kind of screw you over Honestly, mm-hmm. they steal all, the, all your rights away. If you make new original characters, you, you just don't get you don't get much. You know, I mean, I, I look at all the comic writers and artists of old and how they're treated afterwards. You know, like Bill, I might be wrong about this. Bill Mantlo, who helped create like Rocky Raccoon, ended mm-hmm. up I think dying at an old age home somewhere. You know, not getting any scent from Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm like, I'm not want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just an example. But there was other. I remember. Like Jack Kirby would probably be a bigger one, how he got screwed over big time. But when I heard stories like that and seeing how it's being treated and so I saw the writing on the wall, I was like, oh, I'm just going to move ahead. And at the mm-hmm. time, I tried creating my own media. I tried different things before Nerd Caliber. But I, it, I I worked with other people that I just felt like once the vision wasn't right. I felt like one wanted to get into, like wanted to do like adult entertainment stuff, which I was not into, or, or other various forms of art that I was like, oh, look, I'm not into like synth pop that much. I like it, but I do like to get into the scene and, and, and do some sort of media around it. So I, I just, I, that and also my divorce, all these other factors, I was like, you know, I'm just going to pull myself away from everything. And then when I got remarried and moved to Massachusetts around 2010, and I went for my perks pack seats, like, you know what? I'm going to make a company again. It's gonna be, I'm going to make it my, on my own. I'm going to make it in this vision. 
and that's how Nerd Calibur came to be. You know. Yeah, very awesome. And so, like, what is the timeline? How long ago was that? How long has Nerd Calibur been exi- been in existence? Uh, over ten years now. It started around May 2010 officially. Once we went to Granite State Comic Con, I consider our first anniversary, our first time doing something officially very awesome what what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen within nerd caliber from start to now like what are what are some of the things um definitely the video side of it like that's pretty much our biggest success success with nerd caliber is the fact that we have over five hundred fifty thousand subscribers so that's great that validates so many of my like whether or not my ideas are good or not the fact that People are watching them like, okay, cool, you know, and it's it's great. That seems to be the biggest change. Like we just we I figured in the beginning, our cover was going to be more like website articles and maybe some photos, and I didn't I didn't expect that to gear, to to transform more into like a, a video media company more so than that. I'm sure, we do photography still and we write articles, but that is not our bread and butter at all, you know. It's it it it's nice, you know, and honestly, to the point where I feel I I it wasn't for my my partner Rodney. And some other individuals that are really excited about the photography and everything, I, I'll probably just not use it so much and focus more on video. So that's to be the biggest change that the, the fact that the video side is doing so well. Yeah. What are what are some things that you're still working towards with Nerd Caliber? What are some things that maybe you're you're still trying to figure out? What are some things that you're looking to to test out with Nerd Caliber? Well, r- definitely right now with COVID, uh, we're we're focusing more, doing things more online more than ever. You know that, and that could be a whole big discussion how but mm-hmm. i from a from a personal side of things i'm looking to, to make it trying to make it more inclusive i i what i would like to see happen more when our calories become have a much more social presence and when i mean by social presence i want us to like really speak up i feel like we're too quiet and that's my fault because i've been so busy with my own personal life like i like nerd caliber I, it's not I try not to make it my main thing. I know some people make work their number one thing, but I try to make like family and what's going on in my community the number one thing. You know, I I I I, I don't want to get lost in my work, but I, I think I'm too so far away that I forgot that it had a voice and I and that it needs a voice. It needs a voice and it needs to speak out more on some things. And I feel like with all the craziness going out there with like the the emerge the reemergence of Nazism. Back in America, for example, like I, I feel like not having to speak more out about it, things like that. Like I, I want it to be much more like, just more like, like hey, hey, we gotta, we gotta stand up and fight against these injustices that are just going on. We don't, you know. And I, I, I want us to do more of that. I just, I'm just trying to figure out a plan to do so. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, I definitely hear that, and especially with a lot of nerd subcultures, those tend to be a lot of for lack of better terms, hunting grounds for a lot of these Nazis to find ways into people, find ways to to get... Like, I know there was an article recently, not through Nerd Caliber, but about bronies and how since My Little Pony Friendship is Magic has finished, a lot of the, the like underlying people who are just sort of like staying there, being Nazis and perpetuating a lot of that shit, uh, have really come into prominence in the brony community. And so a lot of folks that are still within that community are trying very hard to to fight that and to speak up but it is one of those things that a lot of these folks a lot of bad actors do come in and they find this thing that people love and they sort of sidle up to them in order to get them in order to get their trust and then fill them with these shitty things and so that's yeah yeah, yeah. it wasn't really a question it's just sort of a <laughs> 
an observation that I've I've kind of seen as well. So I, yeah. I can understand why you'd want to like have a plan and have a yeah. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed with nerdum sometimes when it comes to mm. like I I think we're so in love with the fun stuff of pop culture. They're not realizing the messages that were there before or how they were there because of like Captain America, for example, Captain America was made by uh, two Jewish creators because they want to speak out against what's going on in Nazi Germany. And people tend to forget that at one point they were getting death threats because they had a, that famous uh, cover of uh, Captain America punching Hitler. Why were they upset about it? Because at, at, at some point in our history, and it's in a way it still is, but it's that point in history, uh, people were didn't see Germany doing what they were doing as such a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we forget that this country has anti-Semitic issues, and you know, and it still does, and 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 that's what Camera was the was a symbol of in the beginning. It was what what creators had in mind for it. And I think when they look at Captain America now, the they just look like all oh, the fun stuff, and oh, he has a cool shield and he can fight. But like, no, but he also beats up fascists. You know, mm. Wonder Woman, same thing. All these, I mean, Superman was a was a socialist. He uh, beat up a lot of rich people <laughs> in the beginning. You know, his main his main antagonist is a rich dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Superman and, says, "Eat the rich." You know? So it, 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 mm-hmm. it drives me nuts. Where like, I know there was a situation where a cosplayer they were cosplaying as Superman and Supergirl, and like they were like in the in that Charleston Nazi protesting crap that was happening what a few months ago and then it's just like it just boggles my mind like okay you cosplay these characters and you are do you not get the point behind Mm -hmm. it so it's not just they're not not, an absolute i keep seeing this over and over again i'm like are you not are you not understanding where all this that's why i really uh, i I really can't stand the oh this is too political this has become too political it's always been political it has always been political if x-men has always since Chris Claremont, right? The X Men has always has and had been underlying to talk about these these issues of racism, you know, in his comic books, you know, in their in his comic books. I mean, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to let me take, pick a random one. Spider Man, drug issues, and and I mean, there's this there's this. It's always been like that. And I just when people are like, oh, this comic has now been very political. It's always been political, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, well, and, I mean, correct me if if you disagree, but I think a lot of this idea of oh, it's too political is usually just because it's about a thing that the people who are criticizing it don't agree with hmm. when exactly like you say the politics have always been there politics have always been a part of comics and that's sort of even when they tried especially when they tried to like the comics code authority and a lot of these other organizations tried to stop any kind of political anything it literally just created a okay how do we still write about these issues how do we still how do we get people to understand them even when we're being told it is illegal to talk about these yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So it's mm. uh, like Mobius, I believe from Spider-Man was mm. uh, talk trying to, it was their way of trying to talk about drug issues, getting around that comics code authority, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's always been there. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think as people realize like, Oh, this is talking about us. I hate this now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. It's always been talking about, these issues you know and if you take it personal mm-hmm. then maybe you should really do some introspection you know they you know mm-hmm. some serious introspection but yeah. i'm sorry I, i'm not sure if i went off topic <laughs> no you're good this is <laughs> this is it pretty much if you go off topic that's kind of on brand for is it transphobic so. mm-hmm. <laughs> well even even then like 
we as as uh, uh, as a transgender, a non-binary trans woman, there was recently two additions to the Marvel universe that I couldn't stand. I think it was like Safe Space and Snowflake, and it's just like, yo, you did not even talk to a trans or non-binary person about these characters <laughs> like you didn't even google you just said like oh yeah we're gonna subvert it as this like cis i believe as i remember researching hetero dude <laughs> yeah that... uh, it's just like when i see stuff like that i i think that the writer had good intentions but mm-hmm. they just probably read something and it's like, you know, that sounds like a great idea. And then uh, mm-hmm. it's someone that's never really been in the front lines of, of facing these issues head on. You know, it's just someone far away. Like, that's a great idea. I think I'd make a character around that. That's what it felt like mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And I think I think especially when people talk about like, I think when people who listen to these ideologies, this idea of like, oh, it's all too political. It's just like they see stuff like Snowflake and fucking Safe Space. And they're like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. It's just like, ah, it's hard to argue against this right now. But trust me, like this is just an isolated piece of garbage and it's hilarious and we in the community are laughing about it too Hmm. now that we know that it's not a joke it's not a joke but it's just like it's a joke to us (laughs) 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 but yeah so talk to me a little bit about like other other work that you do in media because i know that you you work in various forms of media as well so I'd, i'd love to hear more about that and sort of how people can get into like what are Let's start there. <laughs> Tell right. me a little bit about your work in other media. Well, as well, first, I want to let people know that if you want to get into media, don't be afraid about money because we're living in a great age where you can you can you can create stuff very minimally, and maybe the quality of it may not be great at first, but don't let it stop you. Because when the beginning, when Nerd Caliber only had this like cheap video camera. Good, barely a good mic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the beginning, like, I, again, I just didn't have the greatest equipment, but I didn't let that stop me. I just try to create something and then uh, do the best I can. Photoshop Elements is like 50 bucks. You know, you could just get that and then you could use that as basic video editing. You could get a video camera for like 200 bucks nowadays. Uh, but even if, without a, doing that, you just use your phone. Phones are great. The I don't know if you've seen the really dicey intro. That, that I made for really dicey, the gaming channel. But I did that with just with my iPhone. I just did a, I just looked down on it. It had some dice and then some, some props. And then I just did it that way and it, it worked. And, you know, so, and most laptops have, have webcams on them. Zoom, it's sort of free right now too. You know, you could do up to 40 minutes. You could record yourself or someone, you and uh, someone else, a conversation. So it's, don't let that stop you. There's, there's ways around things and even better. Sorry, I should, I should never forget this. Look at where you are in your community. You may have a local access TV station that could give you just because you're a member of the community free equipment. Even if you're not a member, they may charge you like 25 bucks. At uh, Fitchburg, they have a local access community station, and I put twenty five or fifty dollars at the time for a whole year. You could take out their equipment and then film what you need to film. In return, they probably want a, a copy of it so they can film it in their local access TV station. But you know, you could just create your own media that way. So I just want to let people know that don't let don't let that stop you. And of course, if you know, if you want to share my email address with anyone, if they have questions, I'd be happy to answer as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, wow, I, I, I. I've I've done podcasting. I've done 
obviously video work, writing, photography. I've, I don't, I don't try to think, I mean, I've done all sorts of graphic design work. I, I just can't, I mean, right now I work at a, for a local TV station currently. And then I have two YouTube channels, Nerd Caliber, and then it's really dicey, my, my new gaming channel. And let's see, what else, what else, what else? I, I feel like there's more, and I'm sure I will remember all of them as soon as this interview is over. <laughs> That's how it always is. Honestly, whenever people are like, oh, can you tell me good examples of trans characters in media? It's just like, ah, oh, I wish you would ask me two hours from now, because now I'll be thinking about all of them. But <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. I understand that completely. Like, what what are some considerations people should have? Because I know you mentioned, like, don't worry about the tech. You can build up the tech. You can get the tech from local access TV stations, particularly if you're in, in an area that has those, but even then using your phone. But like, like what are some other considerations people should have when they're starting up either a channel, when they're starting up uh, a website, like what, what are some major things? Well, think about what you're doing first. I had this one person that came up to me and said, Hey, listen, I have three channels on my, I have three videos on my YouTube channel. Can you take a look and let me know why is it not doing so well? All right. So I took a look at it. His videos are about collecting trash and I'm like, okay, it's it's well done. It's edited. But I asked him, hey, do you have an audience? And like, I'm not sure. Okay, that's one problem. You shouldn't find out first if you have an audience. I, I don't know if there is an audience of anyone looking to trash. But if the way to find out is like, all right, Facebook, Instagram, there's groups out there. You know, and they that Reddit, there's groups out there almost for Reddit especially has that group for every, everything. Join, yeah. join a group. And then ask them, you know, and get ready to be critiqued heavily because <laughs> people are mean on the internet. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> this uh, is the exception when I was talking earlier about the audience wants you to succeed. The yeah. internet does not, but the yeah. audience. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, find out first if you have an audience and then, and talk, you know, talk to this group, talk to your groups and say, hey, I'm doing this. I want to share this. What do you think? And then just hear what they suggest. Sometimes I don't take all the suggestions because in the end, it has to be what I want to do. You know, I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be like myself in my videos. So, yeah, find out, you, you know, and then networking is a really big thing, too. Once you have your part of these groups, you know, let, you know, let them know that you're doing this. You know, hopefully they'll follow you. And then, and most importantly, it has to be a labor of love. It's a, you know, So with Nerd Caliber, I've seen so many new cosplay groups, like uh, cosplay media groups pop up. And it's always weird because a lot of them come up to me as if they're trying to, like, compete against me. And to me, that's kind of like mind-boggling. Like, why are we? Com- There's no reason to compete. I mean, if it like, I mean, YouTube is free. <laughs> so, like, if people like your stuff, they'll watch it, and they'll like my stuff, they'll watch it. And sometimes, you can check this out. They could probably watch both of them at the same time. You know, it's not like the old days with the '50s and '60s, where like if they people compete against the the three channels that they had at the time. You know, you know. So like, you know. So like, to me, when you compete, it's like, all right, good. Do do what you gotta do. Do do what I got because, but well, the way I do things, I do it my way, you know. So it's, it, yeah, it's maybe what I do. Like I say, I've had to mostly cosplay. Yeah, there might be other channels like it, but there'll be no channel like my channel because it's it's me. I'm putting my my creativity into this, and my creativity it's very different from most people. At least that's what I've seen, good or bad. So like, so that's that's important too. It's really you have to be passionate. You have to stick with it because in the beginning, our caliber. I remember when we 
did AutoCon 2012, 13. Do you remember that? Where we, yeah. Was, was that the one where we did like the marathon of like eight hour recording I think for so. like three days in a row? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember. Yes. Cause I was, uh, I was interviewing a princess Celestia and you started falling asleep with the camera in your hand. Oh, wow. And it was just like, I think it's time to stop. man. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just doing you know like and me and this person who's cosplaying as celestia are just riffing back and forth and then all of a sudden i kind of see like evangel just sort of like move a little it's like i think we should stop <laughs> like oh yeah I, I don't do that anymore unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah so like so um I remember the YouTube channel having like 150 subscribers when that video went up. and But I believed in it and I, I kept pushing it. I kept networking and I kept sharing it. And it just started grow. My, my subscribers started growing uh, big time because of it. Because I knew my work was good and I, and I believed in it. And I, so I, I started sharing it. And I knew that if I shared it enough, yeah, people may, may have their jokes and everything like that and have their mean criticism. But for there will be people out there that are you know, very quiet and look at it like, oh, this is not so bad. I'll, I'll follow this. You know, so don't give up on that. Yeah, I know. But uh, random story that I was just thinking about, like I was interviewing, I forget if you were the camera person or if it was uh, someone else, but I was interviewing Jessica Negri at one point and we put up the video and there were so many comments, like some of them were just like garbage comments and I was just like, all right, whatever. But some of them were just like, weirdly hilarious like oh the interviewer isn't staring at her chest god mode unlocked <laughs> like, wow okay like like the weird things that'll pop up like what are what are some let's talk about positives like what are some like things that have surprised you as far as community interaction as far as like people commenting on things well one thing with youtube that I'm so glad they had this options where they you can control the type of words that appear in your comments. That's the first thing I did already because I, I, I as you know, as I mentioned before, like I try to look for like not like try I try to stay away from like like white cis interviewers, you know, like things that you've seen in other media. I didn't want the same thing that other media has. I wanted something different. So, but I knew because of that, people are going to be like, "Oh, why do you have this person? Why do you have that person?" So I was like, "All right, I." I you could be critical, but I don't want you to use like uh, derogatory words. So I, I make sure like like N word, R word, things like that. That that was like no way you should, I want to see that in my comment section at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that was the point, and um, that sadly that that blocked a lot of people from commenting, and I was I was okay with that. And I again I wasn't I didn't care if that if I lost subscribers, you know, or anything like that. I I I I. I I think I've told you this before that I don't want to sell my soul for this. You know, I don't yeah. want to sell, sell myself for success and, and uh, lose myself in the process of this. Luckily I have good people in my life that in case I've ever been tempted with that, they always pull me back and remind me. But, uh, but well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if, if you disagree with this as well, but like, I feel like, especially for, for me, if I come to a comment section and it's full of that kind of stuff, I immediately don't want to engage. And I very well may stay away from that content because I'm seeing that there's no one moderating it. There's no one keeping it. So it's just like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need this in my life. Yeah. Uh, and now, so even though you might lose some, some numbers there, like yeah. for me, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, for that video particularly, but I mean, certain Jess or Negro fans tend to be very horrible people anyway. 
Sorry, Jessica is lovely. Jessica no, no, she's is great. lovely. She's great. She's great. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like just like any when when, when Phantom's too big, they always had this this section of ugly, disgusting mm-hmm. fans. And I knew I, I I was surprised I saw some of that come in. But mm-hmm. I have I have to say that for the most part, when it came to other videos, that for the most part they were pretty accepting of 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 non non binary or or trans or or people of color. For the most part, you know, like other other cosplayers, because other cosplayers tend to comment on my videos the most, and I was glad, especially like the videos that we did with you that we did together. That I I, I was like I was thinking I I didn't think so when when we worked together I I never thought of like I'm working with a trans individual. I didn't think of it that way. I was thinking like, oh, I'm working with Ashley and Ashley's funny and this is going to be great. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until mm. much afterwards that people, there was two people, I get like two different, like, like either like you're working with a trans individual. Wow. You're, you're so brave. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 I'm like, sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm going to laugh at that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, um, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think that or, or, <laughs> you're um, so brave. Yeah. <laughs> You know, or or like or, or like they're being cautious, like oh, are you are you sure that's a good idea? And like, I it, I, it <laughs> like like huh? Like, wow. Yeah, no, it's I, I mm-hmm. but I, I I never I don't know. It's like I I I don't see what they see. I I I never I I I it did sometimes make me worry. Like oh, hope I'm not putting Ashley in a like in a dangerous spot. Like would this put a spotlight on her and then. Were people going to look for her and say bad things? I was really worried about that at one point. I was like, oh, because people could be real a-holes on the internet. Um, no, you know, surprise, <laughs> you know, uh, but. Uh, yeah, no, and, and I will say that because you, you've always been very communicative with me about these uh, issues. You've always talked to me like, hey, you know, I'm having this worry. Is this a worry that you have? Yeah. Uh, I, and so, and I think that's really the the big thing is communication. And also for me, like I wouldn't, if I didn't know what the problems, potential problems would be, I wouldn't have done it. Like I would have just been like, Oh no, I'm just going to go to, I'm just going to go to Otakon and have a good time. Oh no, I'm just going to do this. It's like, no, me having a good time is me with a microphone and a camera (laughs) asking people about their character and asking, like making a bunch of really stupid (laughs) puns and jokes (laughs) and having fun with the the cosplayers. Like, yeah, I I really like the videos I I work with you on. There there, are a few ones that sometimes, Sometimes I go back and look at the old videos and I'm like, oh, this is cringy. Why did I, oh, I don't know if I should, like, I feel be- like, oh man, I didn't do this one very well. I didn't edit this very well. But the ones I, I work with you on, they're, I, I still laugh and like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy I did this. You know, it's, I, I, you're so great at on the spot puns. It's just amazing. I'm like, ah, so it's a, I'm, I'm jealous of it. <laughs> jealous of that um, yes. Keep complimenting me. Continue. <laughs> But but I'm really glad. I I I'll say that my friendship with you means a lot to me because it not because you know hang hang out with you is awesome you know and <laughs> but but you also like I I didn't realize how really ignorant I was when it comes to trans issues in general you know and you you're very open about talking about it on your Facebook page and everything like that and I'll I'll sometimes you bring up a question or you bring up an experience that you went through and I'll read about it and I read how other people I inter- I, you know, the comments afterwards and for the most part you have a very good support group i guess of friends on your facebook page so i, I learned a lot and it's just it's just like like i remember and this is like years ago i remember when you i remember you you identify yourself as a as a 
uh, uh, trans woman, but also as a lesbian. And to me, that blew my mind. It was like, like, wait, because I, I, for some reason, I thought at the time when you're trans, you didn't need an extra label. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. Like I, I figured, like they could, they can choose to be with men or women or non-binary, whatever they choose. Like I didn't realize that uh, that the the, the notion. Like, I don't want to know of trans. Is that the right way of saying it? But the idea of the, the, the trans community is such a big community. And then, and it was just, there's like labels were needed, extra labels were needed to, to explain, you know, and, and that to me at times, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that, you know, like this, it is, you know, I don't know, it sounds silly, but this is, this is years ago. This is like eight years ago or so. And, and just stuff like that. I've like, I've, I've learned a lot and I, I it helps me, help me become a better person and also how to, Whenever I meet other trans individuals, that I, I yeah, you know, become more, I know, I, I become more careful what to say, you know, and and and, under, and understand more of what what they're what they're going through, you know. And although I am I am happy in this day and age that I I didn't think trans issues would be such a would be ever to be talked about. I remember, I mean, I mean, what was it? Two thousand eight was people were still arguing about whether or not gays should be married. And I guess, mm-hmm. in a way, we still are, you know. <laughs> so when I saw when I saw people still debating, I was like, "Oh, we're never going to talk about trans issues." And now we are, and that's that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that people are speaking out against J.K. Rowling. That, that I bet you, J.K. Rowling, when it came out with her views in 2008, not many people would have stood up to her, you know, yeah. or knew how to, or how to organize to talk about it. But now we can, and that's 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 phenomenal. Yeah, and I think I think even even back then, we exactly like you say like we only got like gay marriage only got legalized in 2016 and that is so like the 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 span it hasn't even been five years like wow and i'm i'm so happy that people have been able to push forward and people have been able to talk about exactly like you say like finally talk about trans issues publicly and support and yeah Mm. like uh Emmanuel, you're so brave. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird how some people come up to me. I, I think because I'm very quiet. Mm-hmm. So people come up to me and share things with me. I'm like, why are you sharing this with me? Like, I'm so sort of like weird, like, like priest. And I'm like, I like share me your, your sins and I'll, I'll forgive you, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. And I, I, I get weird comments like that all the time, you know, but uh, I think, I think there's, there's something in when people think you agree with them, hmm. they share a lot more. And like, and I, cause I experienced this when I was, before I realized that I was trans and because, you know, like I grew up a middle-class white person who was assigned male at birth. And so people would like say things to me and I'd kind of like, what? And, you know, in better moments I would fight them on it, but you know, like sometimes you're just like, what is happening? Why are you sharing this with me? Hmm. And, and I think that's, that's just, it's, it's a fascinating thing to go through, but I, I've definitely been there and I feel that like, (laughs) I think I've, I've had very similar moments talking to people about being a, about being goth because like I've, when I was working in a Starbucks in Harlem, I was working with a bunch of folks and like one of them was just like, Oh, goths, Ashley, they all worship Satan and they do this. And it's just like, (laughs) like, look, I don't dress all goth all the time, but like I grew up like in high in middle school high school i was goth i still do the goth thing and it's just like you know me i don't worship satan 
I think he's an okay dude right now, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people. I love people. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, we, you know, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you're able to laugh about it, but yeah. Yeah. But, but with, with Nurcaliber, I'm glad for that. It's, I mean, I, I've heard people say that they're, they're, they're happy that, they see representation on there and they're glad for that. But personally for myself, I'm glad that I'm learning. You know, every time we interview someone and meet someone, I'm always learning. I remember back right before Nurcaliber, this is when I was working for other companies. We interviewed a cosplayer. It was, it was, I believe he was, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure if he identified as a man, but he was, a, he was, def, he was, a, he was, for understood, he was a gay man dressed as a, as a woman, as a anime character. And, and, they talked about how, like, this is the way to express their sexuality. Like, this is the, like, they can't do this in what they do in, in real life, but this is the only chance I could be myself and, and be creative and be myself. And to me, that at the time, that blew my mind. I was like, like, oh, costuming is a way of expression, like, as a way of expressing your your identity or exploring your your your, your identity or gender. I thought to me that was that was fascinating and incredible. And just that from that interaction, I just my understanding just grew a little bit. And I feel like every time I interview someone and get to know someone, I, I grow a little bit too, no matter what their their background is. And I think I think that's that's what's really important is that when you whether you're creating media, whether you're interviewing people, whether whatever that is, is that you are constantly questioning and that you're constantly evolving, mm-hmm. changing, and and at least for me, like whenever I'm working with a group, whenever, like there's a reason that I've worked with Nerd Caliber for a very long time. And part of it is because views are constantly changing and evolving and, and people are listening and that's really important. I hmm. uh, you remember Jibri. He, yeah. he, he, he said the same thing to me. Like he said, he was looking to, to experiment. I didn't realize that I think oh, I can't remember, but I remember he said he was learning. He was learning to be more social and learn how to be professional and talking to people. And he was asking, "Should I join this group and that group?" And everyone that he knew said, "No, no, do Nerd Caliber because they'll treat you well there and they were, they'll respect you there." And he told me that I was like, "Oh, that that's good. I'm glad that Nerd Caliber has that reputation where that we treat people well." You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when we have. When a new photographer or new to any new talent comes up to me and says, "Hey, I want to do something with you," I have to step back and I have to like look at their social media content. I want to see what they've done because I, I don't I don't want any racist, I don't want any sexist, transphobes. I don't want none of that in our group. You know, if you have a problem whatsoever, you you could get the hell out and stay away from us because you have to be accepting. You have to you have to love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, but but you have to be accept. You have to accept everybody. You have to work with everybody. I don't want to hear like, oh, I don't want to work with this person because they're black. Oh, I can't fo- 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 uh, uh, photograph this person because they're too dark skinned. Get out of here. You, first of all, you're a crappy photographer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go away. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't. I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that. So I, I do try to make our group diverse as much as possible. You know, I try to try include anyone that's interested. I try to include them in as much as I can. What are some of the best experiences you've had doing uh, Nerd Caliber interviews at a con? Things that stand out to me is always the the weird moments. When I say weird moments, I mean like like it just like these weird magical, like the Homestuck. Uh, if I, <laughs> the Homestuck moment please, to me is my please favorite. tell tell people about the Homestuck moment because that is by far one of my favorite moments as well. So you we went to Otacon and 
this is wow, this is what, 2012? This was a long time ago. And yeah. then you were, we were, we were talking to, oh, what's, how about Crunchies? And they're, they're fantastic. They're fantastic cosplayers. And they were in, they were, they were cool with like role playing and making jokes. So we did a joke about like, like, how was it like home, like all home, homestuck people were like, that cosplays were, were were I hear I hear all homes I forget exactly what I said but I think it was like oh I hear all homestuck cosplayers are jerks yeah something like, like that they they cosplay so that they could be jerks yeah but we were just something. but we were just playing around but I think the way I edited it, it may look like we were being real a little bit you know so I so some of the homestuck cosplay comment are like hey that's not cool you know and I was like oh, okay we got to fix this you know I don't want to think that they're not you know they are cool you know so we went to New York Comic Con that year. And we did a skit where you 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 were <laughs> you you confessed your sins to the crowd, and they handed you. So specifically, this was a homestuck photo shoot that we that I, I think you orchestrated it because I I wouldn't have reached out to anybody, but like where you you talked to the people who were creating the homestuck photo shoot, and this was like a big one. This was like yeah. hundred and some odd people photo shoot. Yeah, this homestuck. was when homestuck was big at the time. Yeah, like it was huge. And I got up in front of them, like they were like, "Okay, we're gonna do the photo shoot in a sec, but first we have uh, an announcement." But before we even did that, I was standing off to the side a little bit, and someone from the photo shoot was like, "Hey, I'm sorry, this is specifically for Homestuck photo shoot." And then we were like, "Wait, wait, wait, no, there's a thing. We worked it out with this person. Please talk to this person," because we were just like, "No, no, I really want to do this. I really want to do this." So they they brought me up in front of the photo shoot, and it was just like, "Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ashley, and I'm." I work with Nerd Caliber, and I just want to say I, I said at Otakon, Homestuck, and then I kept adding more insults. That's me. It's like I said, Homestuck people they don't they don't shower. They're 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 honestly just like they're mean, and they're like, and I was just like, and I just want to say that is not true, and I am sorry. And so then, in true Homestuck fashion, they cheered and then tried to put me in a bucket. Which the bucket is apparently some horrible thing in Homestuck that yeah. I still don't know, and I refuse to Google because I don't want to know what's in that bucket. <laughs> and and we, the way I did it, it may look like they, they killed you. They they go on the floor yep. dead, and then uh, I think I I inter I inter I edited someone saying like, "Don't make fun of Homestuck," like turn turn, and that's how it ended. And I, I love that because I, I that to me that's one of the, the one of my favorite moments of editing. That was that was that was fun. <laughs> Let's see what else. I'm, I'm trying to think some of my favorite moments. It's all it's, it's all in blur. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Is there anything else that that stood out to me as one of my favorite moments? Well, this is so one time I forgot what happened. I we had to interview Dylan Thompson. I think we double booked ourselves. And I think you had to, you went with Adam to film an interview, and I said, okay, I'll interview Dylan Thomas. I think that's the actor's name, the one from Teen Wolf originally, mm. and it did the the Maze movies and recently did Love and Monsters, I think. Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I remember I, I interviewed him. My wife, she really loves, at the time, she really loves Teen Wolf. Like, the first, like, two seasons there were, and I watched it, they were, they were fantastic. And for some reason, when I was talking to him, I got really nervous because I, I wanted this to be really good for her. I wanted, I wanted, Aww. you know, so, and I got, he noticed that. So I, when I interviewed, I flubbed my first lines and I, I wanted to redo them again. And like, he grabbed me by the hand and said, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. And he winked at me. And then it, it occurred to me, oh, wait a second. He thinks, he thinks I'm nervous because I, I, <laughs> you I, are yeah, to him? Like, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. You know, oh my and God. I, and, but you know what? I, 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 I did not correct. 
Because <laughs> I maybe maybe I was I was starstruck a little bit too, mm-hmm. you know. And I continued with the interview, and at, afterwards he gave me a hug and said, hey, "It's okay, it's okay, you know, you know, I understand." And then he he winked at me again, and then went went off his, to the next one. And I, mm-hmm. I that was good. <laughs> I was happy about that. That is amazing. <laughs> and I think I think also for, for listeners uh, who maybe don't do a lot of media interviews, sometimes you, especially if you're just starting out, if you're, and like we weren't just starting out at that point, like this, like Nerd Caliber had been around for a while because I remember when that was going on. But like y- you sometimes do have to interview, like, you know, you'll get interviews in order to get more interviews later. Yeah. So like you got to do some interviews with folks that you don't necessarily know. Like, I know we, I remember, I think it was Lost Girl. There was like, you were kind of asking all the contributors, like, hey, has anyone seen Lost Girl yet? Has anyone? And all of us were like, no. And I was like, I think I Googled it. (laughs) (laughs) So I got put in like, well, Ashley, you know the most about Lost Girl. (laughs) So the only one who I know saw through my bullshit was oh the the male there was a, a male actor on Lost Girl mm-hmm. and he's he's he he just like I was asking everyone like oh you know talk to me about acting like we this is what we can get into like oh okay so you so you actually speak Russian was that part of your character or did they throw that in it's like oh no we added that because I actually speak Russian so I was like oh great okay great mm-hmm. and then we get to him and you could tell like the eyes he's just like huh it's like my next question was probably going to be, so do you like toast? <laughs> Cause I was just like, you, you see through this, you know, I have no idea who the hell you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have watched lost girl since it's pretty good up until a point we can get, maybe we'll cover that on. Is it transphobic? Anyone who knows the show knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, season three, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, but sometimes like that's that's the thing that you've got to do is like you you get certain interviews, you do your research and you try and figure it out as best as you can because they are looking to you to advertise their show, but also you are looking to become bigger as so that you so that you have a proven track record of doing the job well. And also I'm just talking over you. <laughs> Feel free to tell no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I, I remember that. I, I think I was there for that. And I. Mm-hmm. I remember like, oh, I don't know any of these people, which is funny because I got to know who they are afterwards. Like there was one mm-hmm. actress, I don't remember her name, but she was in a show called, oh, it's a sci-fi show. I'm going to hurt. Because after Lost Girl, she did this. It was another Canadian mm-hmm. TV series uh, about criminals in space that lost their memory. And then they were trying to like, in a way, it was their second chance of doing the right thing because they don't remember who they were. Mm-hmm. And it was a very interesting idea of like, does memory make who we are but she mm. was the ai and i'm going off topic yeah but yeah <laughs> I, I remember i remember that and that was fun the celebrities were pretty fun to do i i still feel terrible about the the lost wrestling stuff that we did <sighs> yeah yeah the, the ray mysterio <laughs> one lucha underground one you I'm, know I'm i a- still have my picture with ray mysterio and i still have my memories and anyone who listens to the podcast knows that i'm a huge mark for pro wrestling i am i am also a little bit sad and angry about the lost <laughs> interview i did with ray mysterio where he's literally like up to my belt buckle <laughs> that dude is small like he i am amazed <laughs> like, 
And yeah, he, he was one of the sweetest interviews. I'm sorry, but he was. He was one of the sweetest interviews I've ever had. Like he comes up to me and uh, he's like, oh, you're very tall. And I was just like, I mean, you've beaten taller people than me and he was like yeah i've beaten them in the ring i've never actually i've not interviewed i've not been interviewed by them i was like fair uh, <laughs> i should i should really go back and see if i could fix it now not what i with the stuff that i know now mm. see if i go back physics there was an issue of sinking that was the big problem i should go back and see if i could fix that now you know, but anyway, I'm, we're going if, way off. If you do, maybe we can do this as an is it transphobic nerd caliber collab and just release it <laughs> as like lost foot. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I remember, yeah. you know, sometimes I have these really random memories of us. Mm-hmm. And there's one I remember where we, you were dressed up as one, you were dressed up in one of my little pony characters at, mm. for one of our interviews. And you, we interviewed someone, and then afterwards, you were both were talking about makeup. You were talking about the, the cosplayer you interviewed, asked you afterwards about how do you do – I think the, the, the other cosplayer had trouble hiding the facial hair, mm-hmm. and and they were asking you about how to cover up makeup tips. And I thought that was fascinating. I was listening in on that. I tried not <laughs> to, but I thought that was fascinating that – Mm-hmm. about that discussion you know it just again it just runs my helps me understand what people you know what cosplayers and and, and especially cosplayers that who are are you know not have like non-cis non-cis genders like you know what they're what what they go through like what they're trying to like I, to me like wow the the fact that this cosplayer is trying to find makeup for that is just something that never occurred to me before like just mm-hmm. to hide the facial uh hair stuff you know? And I think a lot of and a lot of these things are very much like like how, how to hide facial hair. There are a lot of AFAB folks who are assigned female at birth who still have like facial hair issues. There are a lot of folks who like if, if, like cosplayers who are trying to cosplay whether it's a female character or a character that just does not have facial hair. Like there there are a lot of people that like yeah these mm. these are things that like a lot of people can benefit from and so because I I'm it's so funny because I don't remember that but I feel like that's absolutely a conversation i've had (laughs) (laughs) i also remember the first time meeting you at the steampunk Mm. convention and i remember thinking two things first time i met you like wow you're tall (laughs) truth and (laughs) you you and ray mysterio (laughs) (laughs) because i i I think i'm I'm about six feet so usually i'm the tall person so usually when Mm. someone is holding me I, i recognize that and then also, I, I was, and the second thing I was like, oh, kitchen tongs. <laughs> For those that don't know, when I did steampunk performance, I was a, a character who was a battle chef. So I used to make weaponry out of actual kitchen implements. So... <laughs> Yeah, I like the the Wolverine kitchen tongs. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was really cool. But that was great. I still, still have those. I use those every now and again in like devised work. <laughs> But you know, it's funny. It's because of that that going to that con and taking a chance of going there because I I wasn't aware of what steampunk was, but I wanted to know. And we, that was like that was the kind of I met you. I met Diana. I met some other steampunk people, which now I'm like, uh, I wish I never met them. <laughs> but they were they were hard same. But yeah. <laughs> continue. Yeah. I, I, you know, you, you know, yeah. you know. But, uh, <laughs> I won't mention it on this podcast, but 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 I did sort of work with some of them and then i once i found out how self-destructive they were i left them but it, but because of that i got to know the scene better and get to meet people and it was it was a good time 
It was a good time. And of course, I, I think afterwards, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Connecticut. We mm. met again and we, you know, we hung out, we talked. And I think, I forgot how, how it came about. Like, I think I asked you, like, hey, would you like to be an interviewer? I can't remember when that conversation happened. Mm. Uh, I think, and I think after that, I think the first time would have been your Comic Con. I'm trying to remember, or Otacon. No, it would have been Otacon would have come came first. I think, I'm trying to remember, yeah, because I think it was Otacon because it took me, because at that point when we met, Diana was in New York, but I was not. And so, because I, I really didn't do New York Comic Con until I moved to New York. So I think, yeah, like it may have been because I know that I wrote an article for y'all. So I wonder if maybe it was the article, like maybe it was Kineticon. You're like, hey, do you want to pitch an article? Because I think, because at the time I was talking about, especially with the the building in Kineticon, the only safe restroom that I could find was a family restroom. That's right. That's and, right. And so I think, I think I may have either pitched to an article or talked about like, hey, you know, this is like the reality of me at an event like this and trying to use a restroom. So I wonder if maybe like, and I don't know. <laughs> the 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 Ashley Wiki is going to be very confused right now as to the origin of Ashley working for Nerd. <laughs> oh. But I, yeah, if I remember correctly, because now at the time I was working with a lot of people, they're all very central into New England. But mm-hmm. I wanted to go to Otacon really badly, and I didn't mm-hmm. know anyone else going to Otacon except for you. So I think that's mm-hmm. that would have made sense. That's how I would approach like, hey, if you're going to be at Otacon, can we do interviews together? Yeah, and, yeah. I remember that that first time being a really good one, being a lot of fun. It was. I remember, oh, wow, I didn't realize I worked so much, but that makes sense because I remember at the time I had this weird thing like I got a film from like 10 a.m. when it opens to like six o'clock when it closes. Yeah. And nowadays I don't do that. Nowadays when I do video, I I do mostly question of the day stuff where I just look for the answers. And instead mm-hmm. of being eight hours, it's more like three hours a day, mm-hmm. which I'm glad for because that's just you know it just made me management time management more efficient but yeah yeah i remember that let's see i'm trying to think i i remember the last new york comic-con that we did together that was a hard that was the hardest one for us because people yeah. were it was 2016 i remember that because that's when freaking trump got elected and it, it was something about was his, it 2016 wow yeah because yeah. i i remember that cause it was all i think it was a bad year for like like everything good <laughs> started to end then in a way like like that was the last time where i worked with you i remember and i remember and I, I was not surprised because uh, everyone was like, we had some encounters there where like people were just mean, you know. And yeah. I was like, what is going on here? It was like it was, it was I didn't, I, it was like I've 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 never felt like like you know how like you've, you always hear stories of like trans individuals getting discriminated against, and I knew they existed, but I'd never seen it. And I, I, I saw that at New York Comic Con that year, and it was really heartbreaking. And I was, I was mad for you. I was upset for you. I, man. And when afterwards, when you told me, "Hey, listen, I want to take a break," I, I was, I didn't fight you because mm-hmm. I was sad, of course, you know. But I, I understood because it was just, I was, I was bad. That was crazy stuff. I was. Yeah, we. If you, if you want to read about it, I did write uh, a whole thing about it in an article for Nerd Caliber back when it happened. But for those that don't know, someone essentially came up to me and I use the word assaulted me. It is absolutely still a thing. I did not get hit, but someone removed an article of my clothing. And it was a whole fucking thing. And I've moved past it 
But it was also like a very tough day because I had just come from trying to get a doctor's appointment for something that was going on. I don't remember exactly. Oh, what was did he have like? I think he had like a toothache. That was like. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! Wow, everything's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah. So I needed to get something done, and it like a whole other problem had happened. Then this happened, and I just felt like everything was was not worth it as far as putting in the time putting in the effort and a series of like shit just went down and finally so i skipped new york comic-con for the the next two years and then last year someone had an extra pass so for that day like they weren't going to use it so i grabbed it uh and i just came just as me and just kind of like took it in again and I had said to you, and that's the thing that kills me about 2020, is I said to you, I was like, hey, 2020, let's do this again. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, I think it was AEW. Nope, nobody's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think AEW helped out with that. With that's, yeah, that killed me. Cause, cause we that talking. killed me. Because you, you, Nerd Caliber had the opportunity to interview not only just people from AEW, Nyla friggin' Rose. <laughs> And you're like, oh, we don't know anyone that knows anything. It's just, ah! yeah. I, I, well, I, I think I, I feel like I've, 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 I have, I had to be very careful with uh, celebrity interviews because they take up yeah. so much of your time. Yeah. And I knew doing cosplay interviews was 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 what our, my viewers wanted. And so 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 that people understand when they hear this, when I say they take up your time. So what happens is when you're scheduled to interview them, let's say at one p.m., you have to be there at twelve forty-five, fifteen minutes before. You have to wait there in line. Then you go into a room, and for like an hour or so, you have to stay there. And then you have to wait in line with every other media people. And then it's almost like a red carpet thing where they cool down the line, and they and then it's and we do interviews. And that that could end up an hour. I think sometimes an hour and a half, depending you know who's involved. And then that's like that's good, like two hours, two hours checking. By then, you don't want to do more interviews. You want to go somewhere and eat. So it's it's very draining. And then, like, for me, I'm thinking, like, okay, for two hours, I could have, like, another cosplay of the day, sorry, question of the day video done. And those were hard. So so when, when I saw that, like, oh, I, we had a chance to do Nyla Rose and Chris Jericho and all these other ones, I was like, oh, I was like, I, I would have done it, but I just, I just, you know, I, I didn't have to. I have anyone only my, I'm the only one that knew who AEW was, you know. So, what, what, so yeah, I, I saw you, what was it, that Sunday? Um, yeah, he came down. I just saw him like, oh yeah, we had a chance to interview them, and he was, <laughs> he was so bad. Um, so <laughs> you know, but that, to me, that was like, the exciting part of it was like you agreed to come back. It's like yes, yes, I was very excited because I knew we're gonna get we're gonna get good content, and what with you is always gonna be like getting good content. Because you know, what I mean by that is that this and and not to this my other interviews they're, they're they're great but you're you are again you do these great one-liners and puns and you're very good like if something were to change you could you could you're you're on your feet to to go along with the flow of the topic and like like i think of like the beast boy thing like somehow you made that work that was really that was a lot of fun when you met mo for the first time that that was great like trying to think of other ones like like one time you you were matt hardy <laughs> yes that, this was uh during the, the the spike of the broken matt hardy yes <laughs> for the three listeners that listen that watch wrestling <laughs> <laughs> it is i will say that was a milestone too because that was the first time since being out about being trans that i ever cosplayed a male character mm. 
And I even got, and people, no one has commented on this. Matt Hardy did retweet it. Impact Wrestling did retweet it. But no one commented on the fact that I literally made the beard using a an eyeliner pencil, multiple eyeliner pencils, so that I could get the graying areas of Matt Hardy's beard. Oh, wow. No one has commented on that, and that's fine. <laughs> I got it perfectly accurate because I was looking at pictures. I was finding where the grays are. I was like, yep, uh-huh. Nope, he's, this, is, this is who he is. Yes! So, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I bet you once one done with this, probably some other. So, so many, every morning I've worked with you has always been memorable. In some in some way, there's always a story afterwards, and I'm sure I'll remember them all once I once this is done. But uh, those, those, I think, I think honestly, it's like, yeah, I I enjoy do do get I do enjoy the views that videos do get here and there, but honestly, if I wasn't, and I, I we talked about this before, I have to really care about the video, you know, for me to do the video. We talked before about Joker and Harlequin about, and we talked about like, are, are we is this the right thing to do? And I. And I like talking to you about this. I feel like because you have a really good moral center, so like I could I could share this with you, and and you want you know understand like like understand like like okay, am I doing the right thing? Because I don't want to emphasize or think, let people know like hey, having a bad relationship is okay with someone, you know. And I want people to think that Joker and Harley is the ideal relationship, you know. And and you know there are people that think that, but I don't want I don't want us to think that like we think that's okay. You know, if they, if they think it's okay, that's okay, you know, whatever. But it's, I don't want people to think that we are, we're promoting that. That's that's the word I'm looking for. So that, like, topics like that, like, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you about that and, and kind of, like, kind of really figure things out, making sure that, that we produce content that's, that lasts the ages, you know, that I don't want to make something and then, like, take it from, like, oh, man, we shouldn't have said that. <laughs> or we should have done that, you know. Which there probably will be, you know. That's just how times are, but. Yeah, I know one of our one of our contributors, AJ, AJ Mattioli, has talked about past work that he's done that is very like, and I've this is true of me as well. It's just he has shared this on the podcast before that like, oh, you know, I've used terms, I've done things, it, like I've had things in movies that I probably wouldn't do now, and that's that's true. It's true of everyone. It's true of every creator. Some things are going to change, and I think it's it's about acknowledging that and understanding that and saying that okay. This was a time and we need to figure out how to fix change or just course correct. And that's, yeah. And I, I feel like I agree with you. I, I think it's better when you don't need to worry about that. But at the same time, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of figuring out how to how to move forward from that. So the only other question I, I want to make sure that I talk about before we uh, start wrapping up is how has COVID affected the convention season obviously it's affected it a lot mm-hmm. but particularly for you for nerd caliber like how how have y'all been able to continue doing your thing during self-isolation the first month or two was difficult because i wasn't sure what to do exactly and i, I did luckily i still had like back like footage that i haven't had a chance to work on because I've been so busy. So like, okay, now that I'm not at a convention, I could go back and work on those and, and edit those. Like I had like this like superhero yoga video for like a year. It's been in my backlog for a year. And I just didn't have a chance to finish it. But now I, I was able to, so I was able to put that out. It's actually, I'm actually happy with, like like COVID gave us a, a, a very challenging, gave us some challenges, which I was happy to work through because it, it forced me to 
think things out of the box. Like I got used to, like before, if you ask me, hey, let's do it in Zoom, I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> no, let's just do it. Let's wait to do it face to face. But now I'm very much more comfortable with Zoom. I become much more comfortable with like OBS and other like online systems. And I realize they're just as effective as if you were, if I was right there. But so what, what's been great. Well, so yeah, convention scene, so that's not happening at all. You know, we're not there. And even if they were open at this point, we wouldn't go there. No one wants to jeopardize anyone's health. And I'm not jeopardizing my health, especially, or anyone else's. Let me phrase that again. <laughs> I don't want to jeopardize anyone's health, period. So I wouldn't go to any conventions right now. So so what I've been doing is that I've been doing everything on, online. You know, I've been, and what's great is I can interview any cosplay anyway. I interview cosplayers now in from Germany, from England, Argentina, Mexico, uh, Brazil. What's great that we live in a world where, like, again, uh, some of the international cosplayers, I can write my questions out, go to Google Translate, translate them into a, a, a different language, and then say those questions in that language. And sometimes I'm trying to make dual videos when I ask some in English, some in, the, in their language, which I think that helps out a lot with viewership, you know. Sometimes our our Cowboys audience tend to be very international as well. Our second biggest uh, country outside of the U.S. that watches our stuff is Brazil. So mm. I try to, I've been working on trying to make more Portuguese videos. And we did one with the Joker. We did one in English and one in Portuguese. And the Portuguese one is doing much better than the English one. So I'm very happy about that. So, so it gives me a chance actually to talk to other people. I think I've, I've told you before that one problem with NerdCala that I've had is that I feel like we just keep tapping New England over and over again for cosplayers. And I'm trying to expand out of that, you know, and, and my plan was like, go go back to do like AutoCon, OhioCon, all these really far conventions. I want to interview different people. And this allows me to do that. And I'm very happy with that. You know, I get to meet cosplayers from coast to coast, from different, different, uh, different time zones. I haven't done any Canada yet. I should work on that. But it gets, but what's great is that I interviewed them and afterwards I asked them like how are they doing and what's their community like, what's the cosmic community like and, and what's what's going on and they just tell me different things. I interviewed a Raven cosplay who afterwards was telling me that that just weeks ago she was not home because she was her you know, she was part of her areas near where the California fires were happening. So she was had to evacuate. so she was very happy to do the the Raven cosplay afterwards because she wanted some sort of normalcy to happen, you know? So that was that was good. That that's to me what's been happening right now with Narcaba where we're just and again what I try to keep in mind of like like all right, I wanna keep my cosplayers diverse with from race to gender and so forth. I, I try to keep in mind of that that we're not interviewing like pretty much white people, cis white people all the time. You know? Mm-hmm. So I so I you know I, I do a lot of exploring. I go to to Instagram and and just kinda like Look, I look for like, all right, let's see. I uh, Harlequin cosplayers. Let me see what I can find. And when when I look see what Harlequin cosplayers out there, I'm like, okay, I uh, see. I see. A, I, look, I see a cosplayer. She's Spanish. She identifies as Spanish. And and all right, let me put that down because that's not the norm that I see a lot. You know, usually when you see Harlequin cosplayers, especially like on Reddit, usually you know a white girl cosplaying. You know, and that's fine. But I I, I don't want the same thing all the time. I want to keep finding diverse individuals. You know, if uh, a male. A male Harlequin cosplay? Yes. Let me write that down. Let me see if I can contact that person and see if we can do an interview and see, you know, see if that person can share their experience as a cosplayer. 
No, that's that's awesome. And I, I know, especially with the pod with this podcast, we've had a very similar thing where for years I've been like, uh, I guess I'll figure out a way to make online interviews work. And then when all this hit, I was like, all right, well, this is how we're doing this. I need new episodes. And I put out a call and I got so much I, I got so much <laughs> that like literally I've got up until May recorded. I've had May recorded since this past March, April. So <laughs> yeah, like it's it's amazing once you're able to sort of figure out how to work the technology game, how much it opens up not only diverse perspectives, exactly like you were saying, but also just how many people that you didn't realize you were shutting out just because they weren't physically near you. Yeah. Or, yeah. See, so I, I do want to say with Nurcalibur, I I really don't, I'm not a marketer. I understand marketing here and there. Like if you ask me certain questions, like like I know how it works, but I when they're caliber, I try to, to ignore my ideas or ignore other marketing ideas for it because I that's I'm going to be real. It a lot of cosplay, the cosplay community can be problematic at times. So they may not want to see a black person cosplay as Harlequin and talk about it. And that really makes me sad, but I I don't and it could be easy to say, like, oh, okay, if I want to get some views, get some hits, I'll just get a, a you know, get a, a white, uh, white girl to cosplay Harley Quinn, talk about it, and get some views. And I don't care about that. Like to me, it's always been like I want to give voices to people, and if, if the videos don't do well, I don't care. I don't. I just, in a way, this is like I, I, I just keep trying to put images out there so that I still want to, I think there's still the stereotype of like only certain people could cosplay certain characters. And I'm, I'm trying on my best to break that as much as I can. I interviewed someone who cosplay, uh, a black woman who cosplays one of the characters from My Hero Academia. I don't know. I forgot the name of the character, but it's, you know, I don't think there's hardly any black class, black characters in My Hero Academia, but which I'm sure someone's going to comment right now. Like, wait, there's that one character you forgot. What about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I don't care. I, it makes her it makes her cosplay happy and it's a good cosplay and i want to showcase it you know and mm-hmm. that's i i i i hope and i hope it makes a difference once you know it's funny every year or so sometimes i feel like i'm gonna quit narcalba i'm tired of it i do too much work of it on the side i just want to relax i just want to go play super mario brothers and just chill you know but then I'll, I'll get an email or a comment from someone that says like hey your video meant a lot to me your your video or your article like really made me feel good about myself at a time where i feel like quitting cosplay and then i i read that and i'm like okay one more year <laughs> one more year <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that I should you know I I turn to dust one day that when Urkalp is still up there on YouTube that someone's watching and I'm like wow this is cool I'm glad I saw this and I hope and I and it made me maybe consider things in life makes you know make it made me think better of myself and other people. I think I think that's a really good place to sort of end it and start wrapping up. We're I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to release this, but it'll be either sometime December, January, or February. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I apologize for the yeah. editing you have to do. There's probably a bunch oh, here and there. You're golden. Uh, but yeah, tell tell people how to find uh, you if you want them to, and tell people how to find Nerd Caliber. 
Um, if you want to check out the website, it's nerdcaliber.com. If you type in nerd caliber, uh, C-A-L-I-B-E-R on YouTube, you'll find us there too. We have, you can't miss us. We have like over 500,000 subscribers at this point, you know, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss us. We got, I don't know, but just, we're, we got like we're a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I should say that again. Yeah. Nerd caliber. We're a big deal. <laughs> Well, uh, again, um, the website, you can find us at nerdcaliber.com. Caliber spelled out C-A-L-I-B-E-R. If you're, if you're curious why I picked the name Nerd Caliber, nerd, because, well, nerd, Caliber, because I, I loved the Excalibur movie when I was a kid. I've always loved Arthurian legends. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to name, if I come, so I was going to start a rock group. I was going to call myself Berlin, and the name of the group was going to be Excalibur. That was like back in junior high. That was my dream. So it, it must have stuck with me subconsciously. So when I was trying to think of two names, two things to go together, and I was like, all right, nerd, and then caliber. And it, it caliber is a great word because it kind of mean different things a little bit. It could mean like a high standard. It could mean a weapon. You know, I, I let people decide. It gives people a chance to decide what, what they think it could mean. Mm. But again, nerdcaliber.com. Um, type in nerdcaliber on YouTube. We're on most social media. So, And you can always email me at producer at nerdcaliber.com. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer anything or, you know. Yeah. Awesome. And for those listening for free, you can go to patreon.com slash isatransphobic for our Patreon. You get these interviews a month early. You get the episodes a week early before we post them publicly. And you can always go to isatransphobic.com, at isatransphobic on Twitter, as well as Instagram. You can also go to Coffee if you just heard an episode that you liked, like this one, but you don't want to support us for a monthly fee. I understand. I don't always have a monthly ability to give people money. But, you know, hey, get me a coffee. ko dash fi.com slash is transphobic coffee so. has power i've i've learned this <laughs> <laughs> coffee coffee gets me through the day mm. so buy me a coffee <laughs> <laughs> so emmanuel thank you so much for joining me today yeah yeah this is this is great i, I mean i'll be happy to come back for anything i mean any any reason to be honest with you to talk talk and hang out it's always great is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. 